0: consider tripinsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40 percent or more on comparable plans from the other sites get a quote today and save from tripinsurance.com broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in jacksonville florida
1: This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? I'm Doug Parker. Check us out online, facebook.com slash cruise radio or our website, cruiseradio.net. To kick things off today, we have editor-in-chief of Vacation Agent Magazine, Teresa Norton-Massick, and she's going to give us some of the top cruise stories of 2013. So first off, Teresa, welcome to Cruise Radio. Well, hello, Doug.
2: Good to be with you again.
1: So, Teresa, let's get right to it. What's the first one you have?
2: Well, the first one that comes to mind for me is the Carnival Triumph, which, as you'll recall, was back in February when Mm -hmm. the ship had an engine room fire and subsequently lost power and floated dead in the water in the Gulf of Mexico for several days before it was towed back to Mobile, Alabama. Now, that incident was one thing, but it's the repercussions after that that I think is really the story of the year, the way consumers reacted, Um, To the negative publicity that played out on a lot of TV networks, um, Carnival's relationship with travel agents, um, a lot happened after that.
1: Yeah, and on that point, it's like whenever we were watching uh, CNN or HLN, one of those networks, and Aaron Burnett was standing there at the gangway of the cruise ship. And when people were getting off the ship and they had good things to say about the crew, how everyone handled it, it wasn't that bad, they basically pushed them out of the way and the producers were grabbing the people who wanted that five minutes of fame and just talk bad about the cruise line.
2: Exactly, and that's what you find with the consumer media, you know, especially that was, um, is she on CNN? That yeah, was she, the network uh, that, I, I think HLN. Okay, that's, a, yeah, all right. One of those. But yeah, CNN was the one that just went to coverage of that, um, you know, around the clock. And um, I think one of their reporters asked one of the passengers when they disembarked, you know, how, comparing this to Katrina, and the passenger said you know, the hurricane that devastated New Orleans, you know, and the passengers said, what? I mean, we had an uncomfortable couple days maybe, but it certainly doesn't compare to a major hurricane.
1: Yeah, it it was kind of ridiculous how they were comparing it to just crazy things. Like uh, someone even said 9-11. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about, 9-11? Are you serious? It
2: it is fair to say, though, there were repercussions um, that continue even now from that. um, You know, I think most people who know cruising and love cruising weren't really freaked out by it. I mean, you know, nobody was killed. There were no injuries. Um, it was an uncomfortable couple of days, probably a little scary for the people on board. But, um, you know, demand did dip a little, I think, primarily amongst the non-cruisers. And um, Carnival's doing a lot to try to dig itself out from from that, and uh, that effort continues today.
1: The next big story of 2013 is royalty, christens royalty. Talk to us about it.
2: Yes, that's right, and I was lucky enough to be there. Um, Kate Middleton... Um, the Duchess of Cambridge, the wife of Prince William. She christened Princess Cruz's newest ship, the Royal Princess, appropriately Mm -hmm. enough. Um, And this was in June in Southampton, England. Um, What was nice about this is it was, I mean, obviously people just love Kate Middleton. She's so highly admired, um, photographed. um, Everybody knows who she is, and to have her christen a ship was really a bright spot for the cruise industry um, at a time when it, need, when it frankly, needed something yeah. like that. So she was in one of her last public appearances before she gave birth, and those pictures were beamed all over the world. She's just a classy woman. It was, it was just a really nice, high-profile, positive event.
1: And the Royal Princess, uh, it's doing a stand- it launched in what? It launched in Europe, correct? And then did med cruises, and now it's over, uh, at the time of recording this, it's over in Fort Lauderdale doing seven-night Caribbean sailings, correct?
2: That's right. You saw it when it was in Florida, yeah. right? His sister ship, the Regal Princess, will be out this year, so we'll have another one just like the Royal.
1: I, I will say that uh, I thought it was really cool They have the, the seawalk on there, the part of the ship that stretches out over the water 28 feet. What did you think about that?
2: Yeah, it has glass panels in the bottom of it, so when you walk on it, you can look straight down at the sea. Um, which I'm not—I don't have a fear of heights, but it was still a little bit unnerving to witness that.
1: <laughs> it was—it was funny watching people on the—the uh, the two nights I was on it, they were like tiptoeing on the on the plexiglass-looking stuff, or they mm-hmm. were like holding onto the rail, really thinking they were going to fall into the water.
2: It was, it was actually <laughs> exactly. quite funny.
1: Uh, the next yeah. story we have, Teresa, is uh, the removal of Costa Concordia.
2: Yeah, boy, that was really something. You know, the Costa Concordia keeled over on its side in January of twenty twelve and it wasn't until September of thirteen that they were able to rotate it so it was sitting upright again. Um it was really a quite a meticulous operation which they call parbuckling. Mm-hmm. Um but It was quite a success when they actually got it back upright again. Now, of course, they've prepared it for the winter. They've winterized it, so it's going to stay near the island of Giglio all winter, and then they hope to move it in the spring when the weather gets nice again. It'll be interesting to see how they do it, and hopefully they can get it towed away without causing any damage to the environment around there.
0: Yeah, and
1: this was one of the biggest recovery efforts.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know if there's anyone bigger. I think they call it the largest effort of this kind of a cruise ship, but it may be the largest ever. So yeah, it was really, really quite an undertaking, and thank goodness it was successful.
1: Yeah, it's quite a sight to see, and you can actually still see it on the webcam there. If you want to check it out, we'll link it at cruiseradio.net. Just check out the show notes. Um, Another big story in 2013, Teresa, was the Uh, explosive growth of river cruising, both uh, in Europe and in the U.S.
2: Definitely. Um, River cruising is just growing like gangbusters, you know, and next year is going to be no exception. You know, for example, one of the most um, familiar river cruise companies is Viking River Cruises because they have TV commercials on all the time. Mm -hmm. Very... Very beautifully shot commercials, and that's just one company. But Viking is going to introduce no less than fourteen new riverboats next or this year, yeah. twenty fourteen. Um, other other companies are adding ships as well. And Viking, of course, operates primarily in Europe, and here in the U.S., um, another cruise line that we know pretty well, um, American Cruise Lines, they're bringing out a new ship, another r- paddle. Wheel ship mm-hmm. uh, to cruise in the the heartland of the U S. and they just came out with a press release saying in total they're going to build four new ships uh, to come out between 2015 and 2017. Wow. So it's really it's really nice to see the explosion of of these river cruise companies and uh, the small small cruise ship American Cruise Lines, which also flies the U S. flag.
1: I think it's cool when you do a Mississippi River cruise because, you know, you've done the East Coast cruise, the Caribbeans, and the West Coast and Alaska, and then you go right up America's heartland. It kind of brings cruising full circle, at least for me.
2: No, exactly. You know, and um, you explore areas that, that many of us don't usually see, and it's fascinating. At least I think it is. I think most people do. The other plus of river cruising in the U.S. is that you, oftentimes you can drive to the ship mm-hmm. or you can just take a short domestic flight, um, which with the hassles and expenses of flying these days uh, looks very, very appealing to a lot of people.
1: We have time for one more, Teresa. Let's hit on um, Venice cutting back or the protest in Venice about the cruise ship traffic.
2: Yeah, Doug, I don't know if you have you ever sailed into Venice when you go right through the heart.
1: Oh, I have a couple of times.
2: Yeah, and it's Gorgeous. it's certainly one of the most impressive things you can ever do on a cruise ship. You know, you feel like you could just reach out and and touch um, St. Mark's. It's it's very impressive. But we also know that when you do it on the big cruise ships, and incredibly large cruise ships are able to do it, you're literally only like dozens of feet from the bottom of the canal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, and some people are very concerned about it, and it gained a lot of steam after the Costa Concordia because they were like, well, what would happen if a cruise ship did something right in the heart of Venice? And that city is fragile enough, so I can certainly understand it. Um, So they're taking efforts to to cut back on the, the large cruise ship travel through the heart of the city. And um, it's kind of a shame, but on the other hand, you don't want anything negative to happen to to a city like Venice.
0: Yeah,
1: for sure. And looking ahead to twenty fourteen, we have what we have: Norwegian uh, Getaway coming out in February. We have.
2: I just did a story on this. Norwegian Getaway, of course, is coming out in February, and that'll be based in Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Regal Princess is due out in May. May twentieth is its maiden voyage. Um, And Pearl Seas Cruises, you know, this is a little small ship company that's a sister to American Cruise Lines, but it's going to cruise internationally. So their first ship, which is 210 passengers, will be uh, operating its maiden voyage in June. Um, And then the Quantum of the Seas is probably one of the more highly anticipated ships, as it's a new class for Royal Caribbean. That's the one that's going to have the bumper cars. Yeah, the indoor
1: skydiving and all that.
2: Yeah, Yeah. a lot of fun stuff that will catch attention for sure. She is the editor-in-chief of
1: Vacation Agent Magazine. You can find her on Twitter at Palooza as well, Teresa Norton-Masic. As always, Teresa, thank you so much for spending some time with me here on Cruise Radio.
2: Oh, I'm always glad to be on Cruise Radio and to chat with you, Doug. Thanks for asking me. Cruise Radio News,
3: now trending at CruiseRadio.net.
0: For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. We always love hearing your cruise reviews here on Cruise Radio. If you have
1: one you'd like to share, just email comments at cruiseradio.net. Our next guest just returned from Carnival Glory, a cruise ship based out of Miami, who uh, within the past year went through the FunShip 2.0 renovation. He is from Chicago today, I guess. Uh, Craig Kell, welcome to Cruise Radio, bud.
3: Thank you, Doug. It's uh, I guess it's good to be back in cold Chicago, but I think i much rather be uh, sailing the Caribbean.
1: Yeah, you, you're, you're, you're living in Chicago for work now, but uh, where are you originally from?
3: Uh, originally from Connecticut. So I've, I've done a few cruises out of New York, and they're just absolutely spectacular.
1: Very cool. Well, we're talking about your recent Caribbean sailing aboard Carnival Glory. So uh, first off, Craig, why did you pick uh, Carnival Glory?
3: Yeah, great question. Uh, so I haven't been on the Glory for quite some time, since 2006. So that was one of my factors on uh, choosing this cruise that I did. And another one was it was the first full week of December, so the prices were low. So it was a great price to get on the ship, and to had some great itinerary, too.
1: Very cool. And uh, as far as getting from Chicago to Miami to the cruise port, what kind of logistics did you have there?
3: Oh, geez. So I flew from Chicago to Atlanta to Miami, and then from there we flew in Friday night. The cruise took off on Sunday. So we stayed close to the airport in Miami, and we kind of just jumped on a shuttle we planned Uh, Sunday morning to get to the ship.
1: Very cool. And uh, once you got to the actual ship, uh, how was embarkation aboard Carnival Glory?
3: It was very smooth. So we had 15 people in our group. So we had a lot of luggage. It was just, you know, thought it was just going to be a mess. But we got there. The porters were great. We our shuttle pulled up. They opened up the back doors. We must have had seemed like a hundred pieces of luggage, but huh. not so much. But uh, right. the the porters just uh, you know they're great. They expedited the whole process. And uh, so this is my 18th Carnival cruise. 19 wow. cruises total. <laughs> and uh, so you know, getting to you know, going through the whole process was just. Seamless and absolutely always pleasurable with Carnival.
1: So since you uh, since you're 18 in, you are platinum and you uh, got to take advantage of the what priority faster to the fun boarding.
3: Absolutely, yeah. So uh, they whisk us away. We got through you know the you know the security clearance and all that, and they bring you into this room for platinum guests. And they pretty much you know once attendance is available, they'll call you up to the desk. And uh, this cruise, we were slightly delayed, just a little. We got into the cruise port around 1045, Mm -hmm. you know, and they were doing their U.S. Customs, uh, the Coast Guard inspection. So we just got delayed slightly, but, you know, by 12 o'clock, we were on the ship, and then the rest of our group uh, uh, soon after followed, and they were on board about 30 minutes later.
1: Very cool. Well, it's been a few years since you've been on Carnival Glory. So what were your first impressions um, post FunShip 2.0?
3: So uh, I think Carnival does a great job with the upkeep of their ships and everything. And, you know, those things take a beating uh, throughout the season and all that. And just stepping aboard the glory brought back a great, lot of great memories. And the ship just looks new as ever. You know, uh, I think everything on the boat, you know, has kind of been, you know, combed over and just, you know, it's just really great. So being on the ship... Uh, it's just an absolutely great experience, and seeing it again.
1: You made it through the atrium and uh, went to your stateroom. So first off, what kind of stateroom did you have, and what were your impressions of it?
3: We did a aft balcony, so we were in room seven four five one. Lots of room the back category. there too. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah the- balconies are great uh, behind there. That was our first time, and it was a Category 8M. It was just a new experience, and it just gives you a whole different perspective on seeing things, you know, behind you instead of passing beside you, Mm -hmm. so... It definitely was great. The rooms on Carnival are just very comfortable, the linens and everything, and the bedding is just, oh, I sleep like a baby on those.
1: Let's talk about <laughs> the food on Carnival, Gloria. Post to Fun Ship 2.0, lots of new places. So kind of touch on the new food options and what you thought about the food.
3: Fun Ship 2.0, pretty neat. You know, the Red Frog Rum Bar is a great addition. You know, spent some time there on the Lido deck over there. And I must have ate, like, two dozen of those guy, you oh know, boy. burgers over at the burger joint. They were just delicious. Yes. Absolutely great, too. They changed your pizza, too, on the ship. So mm-hmm. it, it's actually a pleasant surprise. I was eating a lot of pizza, too. So the new uh, the new Fun Ship 2.0 food added on there it was just great. And then one of the areas I saw a lot of people utilizing was the EA Sports right by the casino, the little sports lines over there. And I think because of just the uh, you know sports season and football and everybody uh, was uh, you know huddling into that little lounge and I think you know that was a real happening kind of place.
1: Very cool. And how about the main dining room? How was the food in there?
3: The the main dining room. This was the first you know kicking off of American feast and American table, mm-hmm. which I touched upon a little before on uh, on one of your shows. Yeah, two weeks ago. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And so that was great. You know, American Feast was on our formal nights, and American Table was pretty much uh, every other night in the, the formal dinings. You know, the family style, it got, you know, it got rave reviews. I was talking to the waiter, and the waiter's been doing traditional carnival uh, menu for, oh, 15 years. And he said, you know, this whole switch-up kind of threw him off. But in the end, they did a fabulous job. And I think, you know, this is going to catch on on all the other ships. And I'm really looking forward to uh, catching another cruise with this uh, new uh, dining experience. Yeah,
1: they said American Feast and American Table will be fleet-wide by 2015. Uh, Did you get to uh, eat at the steakhouse at all?
3: Oh, I did, yes. We ate at the steakhouse on our last night. That was uh, Saturday night. And it was kind of like the you know the bang going out you know kind of going for the one last uh, show yeah. and for the thirty five dollars coverage charge it's really worth it. We just had just a great time and it's just such a relaxing atmosphere and to go out with a full belly is just something I enjoyed. And the food is up there is just five star in my eyes.
1: What did you uh, what did you eat? Did you eat the big
3: uh, what is it the porterhouse or the big ribeye? I did get the ribeye, so you know, good, it's delicious. I got the ribeye, and I did the shrimp cocktail, the escargot, and the onion soup, and uh, and I even had the banana foster ice cream, which was absolutely to die for.
1: Dude, banana foster is pizza, Guy Fieri, or are you are you the same uh, are you the same weight still?
3: Absolutely not. I am <laughs> definitely not the same weight, and I cannot fit into my clothes anymore. Oh so I, I I am trying to work it off.
1: Nice. Uh, Craig, talk to us about the entertainment. Of course, with Funship 2.0 came uh, a slew of entertainment changes. So, kind of touch on that for us.
3: Yeah, so uh, Carnival Glory, uh, I wasn't able to pick up on too many of the shows, uh, but one of them I actually did catch in the main lounge was the Motown. And, you know, there was definitely some changes going on. They had this new LED screen. Uh, it's, you know, in the back of them, which is gigantic, and they show all the different, you know, props and everything that way, and that's how they changed, uh, you know, the different screens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was really enjoyable. And then the the DJ up on top of the Lido deck it was a nice change, and uh, Usually you go up there and they're playing some kind of music over the speakers or the steel drums, but they really got the music going with the DJ and all the remixes, which is music I like.
1: Yeah, I definitely enjoyed the hip-hop and the more hip music than hearing uh, the Four Seasons in Chicago playing over the loudspeaker (laughs) out there.
3: Isn't that true? I, I agree with you on that.
1: Let's talk about during sea days. Uh, how was the public areas during the sea days? Was there fighting for uh, deck space or what?
3: No, actually not. It was actually uh, very calm during the steam days. Uh, the weather was great. There was nobody. The sun was out, so everybody was out full force and utilizing those spaces. And there was plenty of room on the ship. I even went down the slide. Nice. and. Uh, <laughs> I haven't done that in a long time, and it was a blast.
1: So your itinerary was a seven-night Western Caribbean port. So uh, just briefly, touch on what port you went to and which one was your favorite port.
3: Tuesday, we ended up in Cozumel. Wednesday was Costa Maya. Thursday was uh, Mahogany Bay. Mm -hmm. And then Friday was Grand Cayman. And I must say, I think my favorite was Tuesday when we were in Cozumel. Uh, Although the weather wasn't good, we absolutely had a blast and uh, we just found a great little beach, and we just ordered those little uh, Coronas, and we just had a, just a blast out on the beach.
1: Very cool. Uh, did you know, I'm just uh, I'm Googling Carnival Glory right now, did you know that astronaut Sally Ride was the godmother?
3: No, uh, I
1: did not. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's <laughs> interesting. So uh, in closing here, Craig, uh, do you have any first-timer tips, kind of some been-there, done-that tips for Carnival Glory?
3: Absolutely. So the ship is amazing. There's so much to do. So I think I have like three tips to give like first-time cruisers and all that. So enjoy your cruise. Do what you want to do on there. You know, I think there's a lot of great websites out there. Doug, you have a lot of stuff posted on your site. And uh, I think it's just one of those things where, you know, your cruise is your cruise. So do what you want to do. You know, I think you could spend plenty of time you know, following the little, you know, fun times and all that and going through everything like that. But, you know, uh, just enjoy yourself and don't forget to eat. There is plenty of food on these ships. Eat, 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 And then <laughs> soak it up because it goes fast. Next thing you know, it you snap your fingers, you're unpacking in your stateroom, and then you, next thing you know, it You are packing to go home. So definitely soak it up.
1: Very cool. Craig Kell checking in from Chicago on his latest sailing aboard Carnival Glory. Craig, stay warm, brother, and uh, happy holidays. Thank you, Doug. Take care. All righty. That'll do it for this episode of Cruise Radio. Remember, we have an app. Just search Cruise Radio Live in your smartphone app store. If you're checking us out on iTunes or Stitcher, feel free to give us a review at cruiseradio.net slash Stitcher or cruiseradio.net slash iTunes. From the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Doug Parker, and this is Cruise
0: Radio. Cruise Radio is recorded weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Download the Cruise Radio app. Hear Cruise Radio on TuneIn Radio. The Stitcher Radio Network. iTunes cruiseaddicts.com, and on our website at cruiseradio.net. For advertising opportunities, email sales at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.